I just want to say um, thank you to the consistent listeners. I uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, supporting me and supporting um, this channel. Uh, the things that I do, you know, I've um, I take a lot of you know breaks because this is kind of just stuff something I like I love doing. And when I don't really have the time and it kind of falls at the wasteland, like everything else I love doing. Um, you know, I put a lot on my plate and I try to do all of these things all at once. And sometimes I just need to step back and kind of resituate things. Um, I'm working right now on entries for the month of October. I've been kind of gathering a lot of the horror related content I've been watching over the summer and I'm going to be releasing entries for all of it. Uh, something I like doing, you know, I think i've done it two years in a row now so this will be the third year you know 31 entries 31 days all horror orientated stuff old new whatever talking about franchises talking about new movies talking about shows and everything and um i've been working on that i've been working on stuff for youtube i've kind of resituated things into what i like to call um well, not what I like to call, what, what actually is now called Ghost Potato Studio, which is what everything is going to be correlated towards. So it's going to be my quote-unquote studio that I push all of these things out from, uh, my podcasts, my YouTube videos, gaming, documentaries, my novels, my short stories, anything like that is all going to be correlated to um ghost potato studio so while i've been working on that i've also had a uh a, um, a very unfortunate um a very unfortunate thing happened in my life um my father passed away recently and uh that's also kind of put a few things on the back burner you know i uh have been slowly kind of getting back into the habit of things but it's just been kind of draining to do a lot on um, you know, I was my father's only son, he was divorced and I don't speak to my mother. So it was kind of just me and him and he didn't leave any like information about what to do when this was kind of happening. So I kind of had to rattle a lot of things together and do it all by myself. And while doing that, also find time to kind of, you know, mourn. And, you know, if there's three things that my father loved, it's bad jokes, Chinese food, and movies. And I think I might have done another entry similar to this one uh, at the beginning of the year, my entry 200, which was just kind of meant to be a, a like, a, kind of an epitaph of why I do this, why I love doing it, my love and my passion for movies and filmography. You know, I just, I, I really... All of my roots, in, they all come from a passion for movies. And my father is really the one that built that up in me. So I just kind of wanted to talk about him for a couple of minutes, if you guys don't mind. So if you, if you want, you can stick around for a couple of minutes while I talk about my dad and his passion for movies. Or, or you can just wait until uh, about a week or so when um, the Halloween stuff comes out. And hopefully you enjoy that. Um, but yeah, my, my dad, my dad loved movies, you know, he was best friends with this dude who owned a video store. And like, I'm talking early nineties is what I'm talking. Like when video stores were the thing, like you went there, you know, you had to rewind the tape, 
you had to return it the next day. You know, you only had it overnight. Like most people forget about those days because a lot of people grew up in the Netflix era where you got a, a DVD shipped to your house, you watched it until you were done, and then you returned it. Like I was raised in the era of the VHS tape where movies were just booming, where you had production companies that could do whatever they want as long as they were able to push it out on a VHS and put it into a video store to get it rented a few times. That's where I discovered most of the movies that I love nowadays. You know, I did an entry last year on The Puppet Master, and I learned about all those movies from a video store, you know. And my father loved this video store. He was really close with the guy who owned it. That guy actually, this is a funny story. If you watch the first Men in Black, the very end where uh, Agent K, Will Smith, uh, no, Jay, Will Smith is J in that, and Tommy Lee Jones is K. If you watch Will Smith at the very end, where he turns that doctor into an agent, and they're in the middle, like, on the street in New York, and they're talking to a hot dog vendor, that hot dog vendor, the guy running it, you don't really see his face, but that guy is the dude who owned the video store around the corner from my house where I grew up in Brooklyn. And, you know, we thought it was, like, amazing. Like, oh, we know a movie star. You know, like, this is, like, 1995 or something. You know, I'm, like, eight years old, and this is the, the biggest deal in my life at that point in time. So we knew this video store. My father used to get posters from him all the time. And my father wasn't big into any specific genre, you know. I thought about maybe saving this and talking about, like, his favorite horror movie. But I don't think he really had one. I don't think my father even had a favorite movie. You know, my father was just kind of a, if it's out, I'm going to watch it. If I can get my hands on it, I'm going to watch it. Whatever I can get my hands on, I'm watching. He loved watching movies, collecting movies. He just loved films. He he loved the, 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 the kind of escape you can get into. My father used to do this thing where we would rent from the video store. He'd come home with it. We would get two VHS players set up, one with the movie and another with a blank cassette tape. I don't know how many people, how many other people did this, but me and my dad used to do this. And so what most companies didn't do was they didn't like put a lot of effort into what they could put on a VHS tape. And what most people don't realize is that you could get a VHS tape with like six hours on it, eight hours and, you know, you're just talking about these people are renting a movie with renting a VHS tape with one movie on it. That's maybe 90 minutes, sometimes two hours. Like movies didn't exceed the 90 minute mark back in the 90s. I feel like there are very few movies that even now I'll watch them. And I'm shocked at some of the runtimes, some of them, because some seemed way longer and some are vastly shorter than I was expecting. But we would take those movies, we would play them, and as we're playing them and watching them, we're recording them at the exact same time on the empty VHS tape. And that's how he built up a lot of his collection. I guess you could say that my father was one of the first pioneers of the pirating scheme that a lot of people do nowadays. You know, I mean, everybody kind of finds a way to watch movies free. You know, you got things that are actually sort of legal where you can watch movies free. Tubi, Crackle, Hulu used to be free, if you can imagine that. But my father was the first guy, I think, to kind of introduce me to the idea of, you know, pirating movies off the internet, but before there was an internet. So we used to, in order to keep movies, you could fit three movies on one VHS, sometimes four, 
And then all you did was have to put a label on it and write down what movies you had. And there you go. You have an instant collection. You know, what would take up, you know, three shelves only takes up one when you condense those movies into one. And that's where we had, I think we had a hundred cassettes, each with anywhere from two to four movies on them. And some of them were actually also just cartoons. You know, they were just cartoon collections that I wanted as a kid. They were... You know, all the cartoons that I loved growing up, we would just record. You know, that was back when recording off of, you know, the television, off of um, VHS tapes. They were they were big back in the day because that's what you did in order to keep things. You, you had keepsakes. You can't really record anything these days, it feels like. Nothing is really set up for that. You know, TiVo isn't a thing anymore. There's no... There's no reason to like keep a cassette tape in anything you know you always have access if you don't watch it now you could always look it up later we have a constant flow with this information and i was raised in a time where you kept that stuff and i'll see some some youtube channels and stuff with people that have these big collections behind them and they're all either blu-rays or dvds very few of them are authentic vhs tapes and i'm just now at my age now getting into that where i'm looking for old vhs tapes and the, for the most part i don't care their condition so i'll get them at like flea markets or the goodwill or the salvation army and if they're movies i want i'm collecting them because hopefully i can put them on display in the future as well because that's sort of what i want to do with them and for my father he just didn't care as long as he had a movie and he had a movie he liked he kept it you know i remember once my father was just he really did not care what he was watching he just wanted to always be watching movies i remember one time i went to his house because um uh before he had to go into a uh, a living environment he was living with uh, someone at the time um this lady karen who um was his girlfriend for a couple of years i want to say almost a decade and i would go over there and i would help them with their laundry because my father was kind of physically unable to do so and we would go over We'd watch like three movies, order Chinese food, and then I'd go home later that night. And I'm talking, I did this when I was living on my own. This wasn't even like a, oh, you and mom are split up and I, you and me on the weekends. Like even when it was like that, when I was really young um, and they were split up, I would go see him on the weekends. That would be our thing. We'd go to the movie theater, watch a movie, come out, have lunch, and he'd drop me off later. That was our days. Every Saturday that I got to see my dad, that's what it was. And so we kind of continue that into my older age with me trying to be as helpful as I could to him. And I remember I showed up one day to his house and he's watching what is the worst like CGI I had ever seen at that point in time. And I'm sitting there I'm like, Dad, what is this? And he said, it's that new movie, uh, ba- Battle of Los Angeles. Anybody remember Battle of Los Angeles? I actually have never seen it. I don't know if it was successful, if it was a flop or anything. But I'm looking at it, I'm like, all right, I know you can get people that can pirate things. Number one, this doesn't look like, you know, DVD lady cam quality. You know, like it doesn't look like it was recorded in the movie theater. Which, by the way, before people leaked copies of the actual HD versions of movies, that's how people pirated a lot of these things. You had a person who went into the theater, sat there, and recorded it on a camcorder that they snuck in, and then they would leak it onto the internet, and somebody would download that and make a bunch of copies and sell them for, like, five bucks or, you know, three for ten at, you know, at your bodega, or they walk into your, your, your place of business, and you're like, oh, DVD lady's here. That's how people watched it. 
I'm looking at this copy and it's not a cam. And I'm like, Battle of Los Angeles is a movie that's in theaters at this point in time. And he's thinking he's watching it. So I'm looking at it. And then all of a sudden, friggin' Kel pops up on the stream from Keenan and Kel, you know, friggin' who loves orange soda? Kel loves orange soda. He pops up on the screen and I'm like, okay, I know this is not Battle of Los Angeles because he is not in Battle of Los Angeles. So I ask him for like the 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 paper sleeve it came in. Oh, my dad. He's watching a movie called Battle of Los Angeles, which is different from Battle Los Angeles. And it's one of those straight to DVD, you know, what would be considered nowadays as a, you know, video on demand direct release sort of something you find in the $5 bin at Walmart. That's what this movie is. And he thinks he's watching that movie that's out in theaters and he just thought he got he got a steal with a great copy. Now, when you when you look at when um Battle Los Angeles released and Battle of Los Angeles, this is also something else a lot of filmmakers, well not filmmakers, but a lot of people who are trying to push out these, you know, straight to uh, video DVDs and movies kind of did back then. I don't know if they do it a lot now, but whatever's like big in theaters, whatever they're making, they're going to try to make it make sense with um, what their movie is about so they can try to get you to fall for their movie when you go to search for it in some way. I remember I saw something that was like trying to like... I think one of the new Jurassic Park movies had just come out. I think it was Jurassic World. And they were trying to, um, like, win it over with, like, mech Jurassic World. or something like that. It was just so stupid. Some of them are really bad. And that's what he was watching. And he was very adamant about how awesome that movie was. And I just could not believe it. But I look back at that memory now and I think, well, you know, I mean, that's kind of who he was. You know, especially when it came to movies with action big explosions you know he loved uh armageddon he loved independence day you know he was very sci-fi he was very much a sci-fi guy i guess if i could correlate anything to my father um it would definitely be closer to the sci-fi stuff but then he liked things you know like face off uh heart target um so action was his thing too he wasn't really like big into the theory of movies, you know, he wasn't big into the filmography or following any particular director. He loved Stephen King movies. He thought every movie that ever came out that was based on a Stephen King story was great, which also when you're thinking about the 90s, a lot of them are really great. There's very few that you can pick and choose that say that they're not really good. You know, It, Thinner, The Langoliers, Salem's Lot, like all of these are really good movies that are based on really good Stephen King stories. So he loved all of that too. And yeah, he just wasn't the type to look at any other thing about the movie besides whether or not he liked it. He wasn't, he didn't care about, you know, actors. He didn't care about directors. He didn't care about scripts. He didn't care about filmography, scores. He cared if it was just a good movie that he didn't hate by the end of it. And when I tell you that there were very few things that he hated, I, I can't even think of one off the top of my head where he flat out said he did not like this movie. And he's watched vastly more movies than I have. I have a collection of about, I can tell you right now, give me a second. Uh, blah, blah, blah. 
I have close to 5,000 movies um, that are mine, you know, in a, in a digital sense. They're my movies. But I've seen maybe... Here, let me see if I can filter this. Can I filter this by... Uh, Duration, progress, date added, date viewed. No. Let's try title. There's got to be a way I can see movies that I've actually seen. Rating, content, duration, progress. Plays. Yeah, this isn't giving me the number, but I want to say out of the like 4,900 and something. I've seen maybe, you know, half of that because a lot of them I've added and I just haven't sat down with yet. But, you know, I want to because I love movies and there's just always new movies. There's always new TV shows. And my father was just like, we're going to sit down and we're going to watch something. <laughs> you know, we're just going to watch whatever, you know, is on. We're going to watch whatever's new in the theater. I literally had seen every new movie that was in theaters every month that new movies were coming out for, I want to say, the year 2006 to possibly 2013. I was in a movie theater every weekend with him because that was, you know, my life. And that's why I like doing these things now. I like talking about movies. I go deeper into the movies than I think I've ever been used to. But that's because it's my love. It's my passion. And I get that. From my dad, you know, the some of the first memories I have, there used to be an old movie theater right off of, right between 18th and 19th Avenue, on 86th Street in Brooklyn, Bensonhurst, right before the curve on the D train. There used to be a movie theater right there. When I moved, it was a Marshalls. I don't know what it is now. It's been a Marshalls for 30 years at least. And when it was a movie theater... We were there a lot, and the three movies I remember very vividly seeing in that movie theater is the first Batman film, the Ninja Turtles film, and Dick Tracy. All three of those movies I remember watching in that theater, and then all of a sudden the theater shut down, and my, my memory of it is very vague now, but it was a great theater from what I can remember. Then we had the Marble Theater, which was down Bay Parkway, uh, I want to say something like 77th, 78th, something like that, on Bay Parkway. That was a really big movie theater for a long time, and it shut down maybe 15 years ago. And we would always go to Sheepshead Bay then, which has a really big UA theater that is, you know, thriving from last I was out there. It's still up and running. You know, huge parking lots, got TGI Fridays across the street. It's perfect. You go to dinner and a movie, or you go lunch and a movie, or a movie and lunch, or a movie and dinner. It's a perfect little getup. What my father and I would do is we would go right on the corner before you get to the movie theater. There's this little deli bodega thing where they have this little buffet-style setup. And we would go in there, and we would fill up trays sneak them into the theater and watch a movie and eat this buffet-styled food that we would get from this place in the movie theater. It's something that I don't think they really, like, care about these days, but they cared back in the day. You know, they were really big on movie hopping and outside food, all that stuff. Now, who knows? I go into a movie theater and I'm usually buying stuff at the counter because 
I want that experience, and I also have a membership that allows me to get like 25% off, so it's not that big of a hit. And I have that membership because I love movies, and I love movies because of my father, you know? It's... It's just hard to kind of talk about him like that, you know? I'm actually glad I've been able to compose myself a bit, but it's been uh, about a week since his final service, and, you know... Every now and then I go through a day where I don't think about him and I go through some days where I can't stop thinking about him and then just a little little bit of both sometimes, you know. Uh, I don't want to bring anybody down, but, you know, if I was to kind of lead anything off to this, it would be that now that I'm a father, it's just, it kind of brings a different light to things, you know. It makes me want to give my son more of what I had even more so you know I want my son to kind of grow up with this love and this passion for movies and for filming you know if my father's you know haphazard love for movies of just wanting to watch everything that's available to him led to me wanting to become you know this content creator where I'm doing this podcast and I'm doing these little mini documentaries and I just love movies this much to do this if I can pass this down to my son, maybe he'll grow up and he'll write movies, you know, he'll direct movies. And maybe that's something I want to have for him. You know, my, I didn't have the greatest upbringing in the world, but I didn't let it kind of bring me down. And what I want is for that to be instilled in my son to just keep going with the things that you kind of love, you know, like the only thing that I have right now that gets any love is this podcast and I don't show it as much attention as I probably think I should, but I, I love doing it nonetheless. And for you who listen, I appreciate you so much for listening. And it's just, it's an interesting, like, you don't want to think that death kind of changes your perspective on things, but when death is sort of unexpected, it, you know, which I guess you can say all death is unexpected. Very, very few and rare occasions is death ever, you know, definite that at that moment. But, you know, when you get the phone call and it changes your life, you know, you change how you look at things a little bit. You know, my life had already changed with the fact that I had my son and now I'm, you know, we're pregnant again. So we're having our second child and, you know, my father's passing and just this idea of launching my studio, launching my second book whenever I get to finish it. It's just, it's all perspective. It all makes you just want to drive more and do the things that you love. And even if it's the things that you love, you still got to stop and remember where it came from. Remember where this love and this passion came from. And if you're able to do that and put a little bit of that back into the world, it's, I think it's a beautiful thing.